Hey everybody and welcome to the Darkcast. This is episode number 84 and I'm your host Jonathan Miley. Recently, Brian and I got to sit down and talk to Neil Sorens, who is the creative director of Pinball FX2. Uh, obviously, it's a pinball game. Uh, it's found on several different platforms, which Neil can tell you all about later on in the interview. Uh, and in this interview, we talk about a lot of different things, from Zen Studios' previous games to games that are coming out, to what it's like to working with licenses for their various tables. We also talk about things like the merits of Highlander 2. Um, so it's a really great episode. We had a lot of fun doing it. Just want to send a shout out to Neil and thank him again for sitting down and talking to us. It was a lot of fun. Hope we can do it again. And we hope you enjoy this episode. Now on with the show. Well, uh, thank you, Neil, for taking the time out to sit down with us and talk about pinball. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I just had a nice long nap, and I'm recharged and ready to uh, deal with you guys. <laughs> awesome. Well, good. We're going to start out like this, then. My wife is giving me the evil highlight right now. Um, she wants to make a request. She says that you guys need more steampunk pinball tables. Oh, yeah. Totally yes. agree. Done. Totally agrees, honey. Yeah, awesome. Thumbs up. Good. Now we can continue with the rest of the interview. Uh, that's good. So you heard it first on Darkcast. Uh, next Steampunk. table pack uh, is steampunk themed for pinball FX and Zen Pinball. Woohoo. Uh, anyway, uh, but seriously, um, start off with you know kind of an easy question. Can you give us a little bit of information about what pinball FX and uh, Zen Pinball are uh, for those that don't know? Um, they're basically both the same thing at this point. Uh, they're just our, our pinball platform uh, where we sell pinball games. And it's kind of unconventional structure in that on most of the platforms we're on, we just uh, give the, the platform as a free download, and then uh, you can demo any of the content, um, the tables that you want to play, and, and then buy them. And on some of the platforms, we'll give a, a free table, uh, mostly where we have the... the uh, the most uh, casual players like mobile and Windows 8. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and so uh, basically it's yeah, it's just a place where you buy pinball games. Pinball FX2 and Zen Pinball, they started out as different because um, it used to be we would sell, uh, the game was a set of four tables. And um, you know, we had a version that was we self-published and a version that Microsoft published and there's exclusive content there, and so we had to make the names different. And anyway, that's the story of why they're different. Okay. Just an exclusivity thing. Yeah. Uh, when did you guys decide to go from just the the standard, you know, uh, set of four tables under the name either Pinball FX or Zen Pinball, and decide to go like um, I know with the specifically with the the Zen Pinball Two, you just kind of opened up the platform and then made it so you could pick and choose, you know, like what table packs you wanted, but everybody could have the platform itself. Yeah, exactly. And um, that's something, after we released the original Pinball FX in 2007, um, 
we had downloadable content is kind of yeah that's something we're gonna get around to eventually and um the thing was we had so many people saying three tables is not enough for 10 bucks so we're like okay we'll give you four um and so we put together uh, the uh, buccaneer table on um pinball fx one released that for free and got a huge amount of downloads we're like oh hey we should um definitely <laughs> get on the ball and start uh, start selling these as, as dlc um, and, uh, you know, we did Street Fighter and Rocky and Bullwinkle and uh, Nightmare Mansion, some other ones, and those did really well. So, um, you know, we talked about the next, uh, we were talking about the next update that we wanted to do for uh, Pinball FX. And the list of features that we wanted to do just got so large that there was no way we were going we were gonna to be able to fit it into the, uh, the four megabytes title update limit, which Microsoft had at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, also we'd run out of achievements and um, and stuff like that. So we said, okay, we're just going to make a whole new game. And um, you know, we saw because of the success of the the DLC model, we should just skip the whole, you know, force people to buy tables they might not want, and uh, let them buy uh, whatever they want. And I think people generally like that model, but the problem is that you know, if you charge nothing for the the platform. Um, people expect, oh, hey, they see it listed, they're like, oh, hey, it's a free game. And then, of course, they're disappointed when there isn't any, anything <laughs> that's actually free. And so, uh, you know, that's kind of a problem that's that's dogged us ever since the release of Pinball VX2 on um, XBLA in 2010. Like, uh, when we released it on Steam recently, we got tons of complaints about that because... Where's the know, free in, table? <laughs> in, well, in the meantime, all these free-to-play games have come out, and that's like a big thing now. When we, mm-hmm. we did it in 2010, it wasn't really a thing. And so now people expect a lot when they see a game listed for free. You know, they expect to be able to play it for, you know, two weeks or a month or forever, you know, without paying for anything. So um, uh, definitely people have different expectations now. And so we're going to have to look at tweaking that a little bit to, um, to match those expectations. Well, going with those expectations, I mean, if... if uh starting with that free model of you know this is the this is the platform that everything's built on how much work actually goes into building one of those tables um um why why should we expect to pay for them rather than expect there to be you know one or two freebies just put on there um well a table takes about um six to eight months to make and it's that's for that's one one table one team yeah wow. um that's a designer 2d artist 3d artist Okay. You know, uh, we sound and music. Uh, and... That's start to finish, like ready to play table at the end of that six to eight months. Right. Some okay. will take a little bit longer just because, um, you know, if we're working with a licensor who's very demanding or whatever, uh, it may take a bit longer. But, um, you know, that's kind of general rule of thumb. But, you know, I'm of the, uh, the belief that uh, tables aren't, I mean, uh, things are only have whatever value. Um, they don't have any inherent value. Their only um, value is what other people think their value is. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if we spend 100 years making the table, that doesn't make it any more valuable to someone who's looking out in the store. If the consumer doesn't want it, then that's, you know, the, the, either time wasted or you got to make the, make it priced so that they do. Right. So I guess what I'm saying is, you know, there's enough work put into it that people shouldn't feel that it's you know just like a, a shovelware product that we can crank out you know mm-hmm. tons of them constantly and and so um but at the same time we want people to feel like they're getting their money's worth and 
you know, if you do jump in and buy the table, a lot of times the comments we get were, were like, wow, I didn't know pinball was so complicated and involved. And um, there is this, this amount of depth in a pinball table because, I mean, you can play it for weeks and still not see everything there is to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, uh, I know that for sure. Um, I, I've had the pleasure of uh, uh, reviewing. I, I got to review the, the Star Wars tables as well as the um, uh, the Marvel Civil War one. That was the first one I ever played. And they were talking about some, some deep tables. The Marvel one I found, a, or the Civil War one, rather, I found a little bit confusing because it wasn't, it wasn't as clear what the objectives were a lot of the times. But those Star Wars tables are just works of genius. Yeah, that man, that Empire Strikes Back is oh so complicated. I, I I don't think there's any any real table that's anywhere close to as complicated as that one with all the the stacking modes and everything that's going on at once. Yeah, how'd you it, I, how'd you luck into the license? Was it something that you guys were working on for a while? Yeah, I, I mean, after um, we got the Marvel license, it was basically at the top of our list, and you know we'd been talking to Lucas Arts and they. They're like, oh yeah, we already have our product products mapped out for the next four years or whatever. So come back to, and talk to us in three years when we need to put new products on that list. And um, you know, eventually they um, they kind of changed their philosophy and were looking for more um, of these types of partnerships, <gasps> like with um, Angry Birds, Star Wars, and us were kind of like the first wave of that. And awesome. and then they got shut down, which is kind of sad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, can you give us a little bit of information about uh, Zen Studios? Uh, where are you guys located? How how large um, is the studio? And you said it takes about six to eight months for a team to complete a table. How big are those teams usually? That kind of stuff. Okay, um, the company is located in Budapest, Hungary, and oh. I think we've got up to um, close to fifty people now. Oh wow. Uh, of which uh, about 30 work on pinball. And uh, I think we've got like four to five content teams within that. Each one's, um, it, it varies depending on what phase it's in. Like more people will be added and, and um, taken off the project during various phases. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I'd say on average, it's probably about five people per team. Okay. Um, now you said you know about thirty of those people are working on uh, your various pinball franchises, uh, and I'm sure that's probably what most people know you guys for. Uh, what other titles have you uh, been working on or released? Um, well, let's see. We've we've released a lot of um, well, a few games that I would re- just as soon forget. Um, <laughs> No problem. <laughs> uh, all right. I won't even mention them. Yeah, done. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You can they find them. They don't even exist. So you, guys started with, so you started with Pinball FX. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll say that. Uh, but right now we're working on a couple of games that we're pretty happy with. Um, and um, one of them is coming out next week. It's called Castle Storm. Okay. And it's a kind of um, action RTS 2D physics-based destru- destruction game where, um, you, well, in, in most of the missions, you've got a castle, enemy's got a castle, and you're trying to like knock down each other's castle or steal steal their flag. And um, a lot of people see it, and they see like uh, the mechanics are kind of like Angry Birds because you're you know you're firing projectile weapons at the enemy castle, uh, but you're also sending out troops, casting spells, and summoning heroes and that kind of thing. 
So um, it's, it's got a lot of different stuff, basically, is what I'm saying. Um, and, uh, you know, there's more information on the web. We've got some trailers up and uh, some of the developers talking about the game in a, in a um, video we just released, or a developer diary video we just released. Um, the other game is Kickbeat, and it's a... Um, um, music action game or rhythm game, I guess, where um, instead of you know playing an interface, it's kind of superimposed on top of the action, where you've got arrows and bars and whatever telling you when to push the buttons. We actually just use the the 3D animated enemies that are coming at you to tell you when to push the buttons. And so, um, of course, those enemies are are scripted to the music, and so you're basically just fighting, uh, fighting to the music. Uh, in time to the music, and uh, that's coming out for um, Vita. Um, we don't have a date for it yet, but um, probably, I guess, summer is safe to say. So, sometime this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's taken a, a while. We've been working on it for for more than three years, so oh, it's wow. a. Um, there's nothing out there that's quite like it, and um, you know, again, we've gotten some videos of what the gameplay looks like, and. Um, you can put your own songs in and it'll generate tracks, um, based on your music. And that's, that's always cool. I always like that when I see, um, you know, music based games that actually allow, you know, adapt to your music library. Um, that's, that's always a really neat. Yeah. As long thing. as they don't, they don't, uh, they don't suck at turning the music into gameplay. Like, uh, <laughs> right. Sure. <laughs> there's some of them that just don't do very well with it. And the ones that do the best usually are the ones that aren't, aren't beat matching. So mm-hmm. they don't they don't need to know the beat because um, beat detection in software is extremely hard to do accurately. Mm-hmm. Like even the best ones will only be about accurate about sixty five percent of the time. Mm-hmm. So what? And the other problem is is Codemasters has a patent on uh, on that um, kind of algorithm. So what we did is that we actually have a little tool that allows you to calculate the beat. So you just like press the button in time with the music. And it will tell you what the beat is, and then you enter the beat manually. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, and then, but it will what the what the generator does will is it will take that that beat, and it will also also analyze the, the music and um, find those high energy moments within um, within the song and put those around the beat. So it's really it's, cool. is it gonna is it gonna store it uh, so that you don't have you only have to enter it once per song? Oh yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. And um, you may not even, like, for a lot, what we're imagining will happen is that there'll be a kind of fan-maintained um, database of songs and their their um, their beat information. Okay, so once one player in one location who's connected to the internet um, upload or has their song, they beat map it, then someone else that plays that game and seem, you know, obviously connected to the internet so well, they can get that information would be able to... Um, it's unfortunately we can't um, we can't make that like make that an uh, integral part of the game. Mm-hmm. So it's going to have to be done like on like our, you know on our forums or something. Okay, gotcha. Um, because there are so many different versions of every song. That's true. Sure. That's um, changing. Like yeah, for one one has a second of silence and then starts. Another one has half a second of si- a silence and uh, then starts. That's going to throw everything off by half a second. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you have the same song, you'll know you'll know what the beat is, but you won't know what the beat start time is. Mm-hmm. 
and so um, and that will that will change the the analysis completely so um, you'll in the you'll be able to know what the uh, like share the beat time across those different versions of songs but you can't there there's no um, automated system that can okay. handle all sure. those that makes sense I mean you it'd be kind of like watching a movie uh, with the dialogue a second off that would be mapping. Yeah, exactly. so sure <laughs> yeah so you know we'll have a place on our forum where you know if you're have struggling with coming up with the correct beat for a song we'll just go in and do it ourselves and and give you the result and um but the, the you know the tool we found in our focus testing it actually works pretty well um so we don't imagine people having a lot of problems um but it, yeah, anyway so that's kick beats um there's like 18 songs that come with the game mm-hmm. um, we haven't announced a price for it but it'll be in line with pretty much all of our other stuff um, and it's coming to it's going to be a Vita exclusive at least for the time being. Um, but you know that platform the could the Vita, use some of those. So yeah, yeah, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're actually we're pretty happy with it. It's uh, definitely a unique game. Awesome. Um, so you already kind of told us about you know why Zen Pinball and Pinball FX uh, are two separate you know series. Uh, do you see them kind of merging into one? In the future, um, I don't think so. Not as long as we're, uh, you know, publishing on Microsoft platforms. Okay. Uh, sure. Right now, Pinball FX is kind of our, our Microsoft game, and then mm-hmm. Zen Pinball is the everywhere else game. Gotcha. Um, and we've also got some some pinball games that are neither of them, like uh, Marvel Pinball, Star Wars Pinball, but we we tend to, um, you know, re- release those games separately because. If you have the Star Wars license and you don't have a game that's called Star Wars something, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, so I imagine it's the same sure, thing for the yeah, Marvel one, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so, um, but a lot of people want their tables all in one place. So, mm-hmm. um, on you know, on some platforms, we've released you know, the standalone game and, you know, put the tables under um, the name of our game as well. Okay, so if you have the Star Wars pinball game and you have FX to say on the you know 360 you could access those tables from that game is that um well let me confuse you a little bit okay uh, (laughs) sure Uh, (laughs) we don't have those standalone games on every platform okay so um you know for example we have a star wars on mobile Mm -hmm. and um on on ps3 and vita okay so and and since ps3 and vita support cross buy if you um if you buy the star wars pack in zen pinball 2 on PS3, then you get it on Vita, and you also get it in the Star Wars. You also get the Star Wars standalone for free on those platforms. Okay. So, gotcha. and, and vice versa. So, um, basically, if you buy any of the Star Wars stuff on on um, on Sony platform, you get it everywhere else. Very cool. Uh, so, yeah. So it's just a matter of choosing um, where you want to play it. Okay. As far as the the individual pinball tables, um, you know all of the, the you guys didn't generally tend to follow like a theme, uh, especially with your original ones, um, and then you get you know you kind of break out into the Marvel and the Star Wars. Um, have you ever wanted to do anything like like uh, bring any real tables out uh, as far as like based off of real properties, or um, do you is it is, is it hold on. Is it easier to do something based off like something original and just going off of uh, what you guys want to put in it, or have you ever considered doing something off of the uh, like original tables? 
Yeah, we were looking into um, doing um, some, you know, licensing some uh, some classic tables and remaking them. And um, the funny thing is, it's actually um, quite a bit easier to reproduce a table than it is to create a new one. Um, there are um, there are a lot of a lot of the, the that six to month sorry six to eight month um, development period is um, testing out the table, um, creating creating the design, iterating on the design, and um, you know with obviously with the classic table you don't really have to do that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know especially if you have an emulator for the um, for the the ROM used in in the table, um, then you don't have to do then you barely have to do any kind of scripting programming um, work um, on that table um, because it's our, basically all the coding for the table has already been done. You just need to hook it up properly. Um, so yeah, so we were looking into doing that for, um, but you know, exclusive licenses and all. And so uh, mm-hmm. the only ones left were ones we didn't really want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so at that point we're just okay. We're gonna we're gonna focus on creating original content, and I, I think that's probably good for us, um, in the sense that well, good for pinball anyway, in the sense that um, you know those classic tables are already being recreated by Farsight, and they're doing a pretty competent job with that. Um, and so you know, but you know to keep the genre alive, uh, we can't just celebrate what. Uh, you know these these great designers have done in the past. We need to create new content and oh, absolutely, new fans. Mm-hmm. we need more pinball. <laughs> and uh, you know, there's no one else that's really creating these um, kind of full featured, um, elaborate, uh, in depth tables uh, the same way we are. And so, the, the more of that we can do, I think, the more um, the more we can help keep pinball alive and, and kind of grow the the fan base. What's the craziest thing that's ever been either discussed or or at, put onto a table, uh, either before you found out that oh my gosh this is way too crazy, or you know like we can actually do this, we just have to t- kind of tone it down a little bit because there's there are a lot of tables that do a lot of cool stuff that you would never be able to get away with in, <laughs> in like a real life situation. Yeah, well I think <laughs> the the uh, the craziest is. Uh the infinity gauntlet table um because the you know the backstory is that uh, thanos uh, who's the bad guy mm-hmm. has um gotten control of all the infinity gems which allow you to um shape reality to your will <laughs> yeah and you know there's time and space and mind and uh reality and all, all these all these uh, different gems and so um you know the time gem will create uh pockets of, of slow motion where everything will just suddenly go into uh, bullet time for a brief period and kind of throw your timing off. Um, but the craziest one is the reality GM that just flips the table upside down. Um, I'm going to have to play this table. That sounds awesome. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it messes with you. Um, it's if I don't know if you've played the, the Spider-Man table. but Yes. The... Yeah, with the Mysterio. Yeah, and that, that the the flippers change, and that one's kind of messes yeah, with your mind. But... Uh, again, go, going back to my wife, she's kind of the pinball connoisseur in the house, and uh, the the first time she saw that the flippers changed, she flipped the controller upside down. 
Yeah, and that's so, so <laughs> they're like, okay, people yeah, found a oh, way no around. Problem. That's I got this. <laughs> so the, the table flipping upside down is a little bit harder to deal with. <laughs> oh no, yeah, that, that sounds that sounds really intense. That's <laughs> Unless you're like standing on your head. Yeah. Um, oh, but no. the thing is, uh, well, standing on your head with the right side up controller because the, the flippers don't change. Uh, oh on man, that one. you're you're making my brain hurt now. <laughs> <laughs> so. Up next, after the steam, uh, the steampunk tables, we're getting a Cthulhu table where it just destroys mines, right? <laughs> well, totally. It's public domain, so... Uh... Put it in Lovecraft. Uh, I'm writing this down. Steampunk, Lovecraft. Okay. Yeah, totally. I'm, yeah, I, and I, these, these, are, these are free ideas, so feel free to use them. You don't have to worry about you know throwing, throwing our names in or anything like that. You know, we'll know. That's all. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, okay. While, while you're at it, if you want to go ahead and make a DC table, you know, I'm... I fully support that as well. So, just... oh yeah. Well, I think I, th- <laughs> I don't think that will happen soon because a we've got people kind of uh, crying uncle on the on the superhero tables, mm-hmm. and uh, I think there it's like half our library on some platforms on on mobile. It's even more, but um, I think our deal with Marvel is like we're going to be the only comic book base tables near library for now ah so okay so that, that i think that excludes like a, a dc so just just when that runs out you know just feel free to make a dc table then. <laughs> right uh. um yeah and the, the other thing that um kind of limits us in, in what we can do um, with our tables is the game's rating because it's like a, an e10 rating or something so we can't make like a lot of people ask us for Punisher, which mm-hmm. is you know Marvel Marvel character. I imagine that would be kind of violent. Yeah, or it could be. Well, if you do it right, it will be. Yeah, it would be absolutely. And so it, there's no way we could do that right and make that an, an E10. Otherwise, you'd end up with the uh, Punisher from the old Spider-Man cartoon, and nobody wants that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so that that might affect what we can do with uh, Cthulhu, but. We'll see. Well, yeah, you non-Euclidean geometry. That's all. All you got to remember. <laughs> that's it. You're good. It doesn't Actually, go up. It just goes through you. That's. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it is. It's just a blank table. You launch the ball, and it just sits there. And when the you, they they finally give up and hit another button, you go. You weren't supposed to do that. And it just dies. It, the, the whole table <laughs> goes flying. Done. Yeah. So you just—it's actually—it's just a waiting game. It's yeah. perfect. You know that that take. The horror is strongly implied. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's all it is. Yeah, that's because in Lovecraft you never actually see that stuff anyway. It's supposed to drive you mad, so yeah. you figure you'll just get there by like not putting anything on the table and just let them go mad themselves. Maybe maybe <laughs> put some creepy whispers in the background. Um, yeah, we were actually talking about doing a. Um, like an insane asylum type table, you know, with like the the battle days when they did lobotomies and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, or, but making it so that you're playing as the patient, and so you're in this room, you know, the pat- room with the padded walls, and you're like looking away from the pinball table for a second. Like we take the camera, and like you, you're like hallucinating, so you see things like coming out of the walls <laughs> and stuff. This is a great right. table. This is this awesome. Is... <laughs> That's a fantastic uh, idea. That would probably drive people insane. That's perfect. Yeah, we went. We went Man, I'm glad we have you running this stuff. That's good. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, this year it's gonna be. I mean, 
we're we're going to do a bunch of Star Wars tables, so expect another Star Wars pack. And um, we've got also got a couple uh, original tables in production. Nothing along the lines of what we talked about, unfortunately. But yeah. that's it's uh, okay. You know, I can't that's, expect that's you to the next read our round. minds yeah. immediately. Yeah. But in the fight, in the we understand. Yeah. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, you probably can't say, but I mean, as far as the Star Wars properties are, it, um. Are you looking more at like continuing the uh, the original trilogy, um, or are we gonna like see you know some of the, the the prequels in there? Have you got you guys haven't gotten on your hands on anything like Abrams yet? Have you? No, no, Just that's talking uh, code. Talking code. Yeah, I mean that's actually kind of beyond our, our okay. current deal with them. All right. <laughs> so given the, the change in management, we'll have to see if they're um, you know as open to continuing it. Yeah. Uh, at, at that at that time but i you know we definitely of course be all over that if we could do it um we'll probably be um sticking mostly with movie type stuff with mm-hmm. our next pack um but it's gonna go um you know we, we get pretty in depth with the specific parts of those parts of the films i guess you could say um it's some pretty cool stuff a lot of stuff that people have asked for and uh I don't think there will be any huge surprises when you see it. No, I mean, you know, it's Star Wars. It's, it's, it's stuff we've all seen before, but it's it's so classic and it's stuff we all love that, you know, especially if it's anything even close to the Episode Five table, which was just so awesome, especially to just go through all the, the scenes and, 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 uh, and spin around the walker and all that. I, You know, you guys have my full faith. I, you know, you haven't messed up anything yet. One of the the guy who made that, um, you know, a couple of years ago um, when I, I had gone down to the office and um, I was telling him about uh, one of my friends who was working on um, Star Wars: The Old Republic at that time, and he was like, "Oh, you're so lucky! He's going to help you get in the beta." And he's like this, you know, Star Wars nut. <laughs> and um, he's like, "Here, check out this video we made," and it's like this this Star Wars fan video. Um, oh my gosh! But you know, being developers, they had gone in and done like all the 3D backgrounds and After Effects and done the lightsabers and everything. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, and so it was like this, like super high production values for a, a, a fan-made video. Uh, and it was all in Hungarian, so I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> Hungarian Star Wars. That's fantastic. Uh, um, but yeah, so we had, we had some some like pretty hardcore um, Star Wars fans working on those tables. And that's, I think why you kind of, you see all those, those tons of little details and. Oh yeah. You could definitely tell that there was a lot of love put into those. Um, even something as fat, like the, the Boba Fett table just drives me nuts. Um, and there's so much cool stuff there. Uh, but, but, and especially with like the, the Clone Wars one too, where that's just so fast and that one's, it's almost given away points. It's just so much fun. But that episode five table, I think that's like the, that's that's kind of the the key marker of that that three table set. Yeah, I'd say it's the centerpiece of the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, I don't know if you on the Boba Fett, uh, table you caught the reference to the holiday special. No. Uh, it's a uh, in a game over when he says uh, we'll meet again, friends. <laughs> Uh, from the the end of the holiday special, so nice. <laughs> we, we had to get that in there somewhere. Absolutely. 
Oh, that is fantastic. Okay, that's <laughs> I will have to look for that again. Because <laughs> getting to the end of that table is not hard. Oh yeah, it's that's actually. I mean, that's not from the end of the table. It's just from the uh, when you lose. Oh yeah, no, no, that's what I'm saying. Get to the that that end of the table. That's oh right, right, right. Yeah, it's not hard to get to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we make that pretty easy. Yeah, especially on that one. Damn Sarlacc. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you mentioned that most of the versions of your pinball games don't the the base version the one that's free doesn't actually have a table with it but you included a table in the uh, Windows 8 version. Is there any particular reason that you decided to go that route? Um, just because we knew that a lot of like 99% of the people were not going to pay for anything, <laughs> and so we wanted them to get you know to have to kind of replace the um, I don't know replace but. I guess pay tribute to the um, the spirit of the Space Cadet table. Oh, thank God! That's actually one of my questions because that table reminds me so much of the Space Cadet table. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't actually. I mean, it wasn't uh, intentionally based on that. It was done completely differently. But sure. when we saw, you know, we're like free table that you can get with Windows 8. It was actually going to be preloaded at one point, but then oh. Microsoft's like, we're not preloading any of that stuff. Ah, that's... Uh, Bad mistake on their part. In my but still, opinion. it's something that, that anyone can can uh, download and get for free. And so sure. we kind of wanted people to have that full pinball table to play for free with their Windows. Yeah, that. Yeah, I've I've probably put about an hour into that table so far, and um, yeah, it's even some of the sound effects. I I don't know if they actually are the same, uh, but they're triggering something in my brain, and it just makes me happy. It's pretty great. So you thank you actually... for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I, you can, I think you can actually, there's a site where um, you can download the Space Cadet table and, and play it on a, a modern Windows. They had some, there was some compatibility issue um, that prevented them from um, continuing to include it at mm. some point. But, you know, I think there's some workaround. So you can actually, I actually have it on my computer. And I'm sure it's like the most played pinball table in history. It's got to be. It's got to be. I've played that table way too many times. Uh, but yeah, so thank you for doing that. Just, you know, from me, I don't care about anyone else. That, that was great. <laughs> awesome. Um, so originally, you know, FX2 came out back in 2010 and you guys have been able to support it for a really long time now. Um, I mean, much longer than a lot of, um, you know, Xbox Live Arcade games have been supported. Um, and I think that's pretty much due to the, your pricing scheme. Um, and we've kind of already gone into that, but I was wondering if you had any troubles, uh, with offering the base game for free, uh, because I know sometimes Microsoft isn't a huge fan of letting developers give stuff away on Xbox Live. Um, well, yeah, they were fine with it as long as we didn't give away, um, like too much stuff, basically. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, obviously since we weren't really giving away full access to anything at that point in time. Mm -hmm. Just um, you, It was just a way to let people demo anything they wanted to demo and buy anything they wanted to buy. So, um, you know, we had... Uh, Microsoft was all for it. Okay. Um, I mean, they did a huge, huge amount of work. So they did the same thing with um, Family Game Night and uh, Game Room, where... Right, I, yeah, that's true. Totally uh, it was the same sort this. of model. Yeah. Um, I think it worked especially well for... I mean... It's a pretty good model for the, those guys as well, but mm -hmm. 
um, I think for us especially, especially once we had those uh, single tables out there that were uh, only like, you know, two, three bucks to, to buy, it really mm-hmm. lowered the barrier to entry, um, you know, so people could play a complete, fully functional game at, at a very low price. Um, but, you know, as, uh, and so it worked really well initially, but now I think, I think you have to release a new game every so often just to get people's attention again mm-hmm. and, and to make the experience fresh. Um, because, you know, at, at some point you're like, okay, I've 99% of the games I play, I'm not setting a new high score anymore mm-hmm. on these, on these old tables. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my friends stopped playing. So the, the high score functionality is not as good. And so there's, uh, you kind of lose that critical mass. And so, you know, eventually I, we're going to have to release another sequel and we've got plenty of ideas, um, that I think will make the game like a hundred times more fun. So, um, we're going to start working on that pretty soon. Okay. Um, but you did just recently uh, release Pinball FX2 on Steam. Um, did you have? I mean, that's it's priced the same way, uh, correct? Free base game, then you buy the the table packs. Yeah. Okay. And um, I think I mean we're talking about putting out a free table um, there as well, just as kind of a this uh, because well I don't want to say it's because so many people complain, but I think it's more because we want. It's a new audience for us. We've never mm-hmm. released a PC game before, and we kind of want all those people to get to know us and and um, get to experience, you know, what why is a full pinball table so cool? Sure. So the, the first taste is free, basically. <laughs> yeah, and you know, the, I mean, the the downside is that you know our metrics show us that um, at least in the short term that will hurt our sales pretty significantly. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, in the long run, I think it's it's good just to for people to have your game installed and to um, you know to have that opportunity to turn them into pinball fans because you know down the road that may be of of some benefit and you know we kind of just want want to uh, spread the message about pinball as well. Outside of the ideas for your your original stuff. Um... What what kind of determines the licenses you go after? Um, we've got this this big list of just uh, like dreams. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and there's some we're, we're I'm sure we're never going to get like um, uh, Harry Potter, for instance. I don't think that would ever happen. But man, those would be neat tables. Okay, sorry. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, they would. They would. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> You know, we try to get stuff that's, um, you know, that has a worldwide rev- re- relevance because um, we do about half our, our sales in Europe and half in the U.S. Mm. Um, and I'm including Australia and Europe there, not because it's geographically close, but just because, uh, you know, that's how the bean counters do things. Yeah, it's our um, right. sure. anyway. You go back far enough. So, you know, we were talking about. Uh, um, doing an archer table at one point, but you know they don't have the um, the rights to the the archer name in France and Germany. So it's uh, it's more of like a, a US UK thing, and mm. so um, obviously since France and Germany are, are a huge part of our customer base, we can't really 
um, do a license that isn't going to work for them. Wouldn't make wouldn't make any sense to them. Uh, well, and the, just the whole we might not even be able to release it in those territories because oh, okay. of licensing issues. Um, but yeah, we we got a big list. I mean, I've personal my personal favorites would be you know aside from Archer, like a um, and you know um, Cthulhu because um, <laughs> that is on the list. But uh, yes, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like uh, Metalocalypse. Mm-hmm. Um, which is an, another uh, cartoon, or almost doing like an Adult Swim pack. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would be fun. Um, and you know, some of the the cool old movies like uh, Highlander, I think, would make for a good one. Oh. I'd like to see a quickening happening on the, yes. uh, on the Absolutely. table. Absolutely, that that yeah. Oh wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I I'm I really hope that happens for you. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, it's convincing our business guy that we should uh, license Highlander um, when you know there hasn't really been anything, um, anything relevant put out recently yeah, since Endgame. Good lord! No, there, well, there no, was the, the, the source. Yeah. Oh my god, oh, that was such right. a bad. Oh, uh-huh. oh god, that was bad. Yeah, that was a uh, Sci-Fi Channel original. Yeah, it was originally. I think it was going to be a feature film, and then mm-hmm. it was just so bad, and and. And uh, that they they sold it to sci-fi. Yeah, that was. Oh, <laughs> still, they've they've shown they'll just put anything on TV. Just... <laughs> yeah. So we the... you know shark to puss tables and you know that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of sci-fi. Like I like some of the the concepts for the shows they do and stuff, but the execution just always like defiance. Oh man. Yeah, you know, it starts out as a good idea, and then somewhere along the way, it, um, you know, somebody drops a ball, and everybody's like, oh, man, he dropped the ball. That's awesome. Let's drop our ball. And then all the balls are dropped. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just goes completely downhill. Yeah. And I then remember. you end up with a giant shark jumping out of the water and taking down an airplane. And, you know, while the concept of that is awesome, it just didn't play out well on TV. But yeah. it might make a great pinball table. Just saying. It might, but then I end up having a. Well, if we did, like, did a pinball table, it would, it would have to be, it would have to be like you know Highlander one or Highlander the the series is pretty good too the TV show. Yes. Yes. So um, yeah, th- those would be the uh, what we'd focus on. Yeah, great four table set. You have a Highlander one, you have a Highlander, you know, the series. You have like a Ramirez table. Yes. Gotta have the and then a um, uh, Michael Ironside table. I don't remember what his character was called in the second movie, but yeah, I've, I've blocked that movie out of my mind. I was gonna say, you, you remember <laughs> the second movie? <laughs> oh man, that that movie is. Oh, that movie. I, I don't want this to become the Highlander podcast, but it may. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that movie was so bad that, <clears throat> like, the source was it. It was so bad that it went beyond being so bad that it was good. Like, it was bad, it was so bad it was good, and then went back to being bad again. Like, that's how bad it was. The Quickening, the second one, was one of those, in my opinion, it's so bad it's good. Because there's just so many stupid things in that. Like, the porcupine head dudes, and, you know, the fact that they completely rewrite the mythology of it, and they're from another planet. It's just, it's just wonderful. Well, and then there's the fact that the director basically disowned the movie. The, yeah, there's that. <laughs> yeah, it's always a <laughs> heavily, heavily revised version. 
that's a, yeah, the, his original vision, but whatever. <laughs> the the Renegade cut, because that's actually yeah. I own that, uh, thinking it was the original one, um, and it's it's actually it is better, um, but it actually is enough better that it takes it out of that being so bad it's good category, and it's just bad. Yeah. Um, so it's it's bad without being ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it actually becomes more serious. It makes more sense. Uh, there's like 20 minutes of extra content they added to it. And it's like, oh, well, that actually isn't as ridiculous now, and now I'm sad. Uh, but yeah, so listeners, if you haven't seen Highlander 2, check it out. It's it's great. It you should you should see that. But not the Renegade version. But not the Renegade version. No. Anyway, back to pinball. You guys make those games. Uh... <laughs> Grudgingly. <laughs> don't Thanks. listen to him. Do not go see that movie. Yeah, no, you go, go see <laughs> don't it. Do don't that. listen to it's Brian. He, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Leading uh, you astray. This is horrible. Okay, back to pinball. Oh my god, I can't believe you said go see that movie. But the uh, the Highlander of the series is on uh, Netflix now. It so. is. It is. Um, and every now and then the uh, the first one pops up and then goes off. Um, yeah, I I love the series. I I continually watch it. Yeah, I, I have a feeling there there could be so much more that's done with that concept, with sure. like you know, modern production values and stuff. They should bring it back. I, I would love to see them bring it back, but also I would hate to see that because there's a part of Highlander that only works because of like 1990s cheese, uh, like eight, late 80s, um, early 90s cheese. And if they made it today, it would just be too self-serious and dark and gritty, and it I, I don't know if it would be as enjoyable as enjoyable yeah 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 i I hear you on that so anyway pinball uh (laughs) um so did you guys have to make you know since it's been so long since the uh original game came out uh porting it to pc did you have to make any changes uh to it or was it a, a pretty seamless process uh it's pretty seamless i mean we have we've had the game running on our pcs for I don't know, years and years. We use the PC as a development platform um, just because it's it's simple and it can run on everyone's machines and and so everyone doesn't have to go through the whole dev kit, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, um, it was... It was not too tough. It was, you know, we had to implement Steamworks and get our... Uh, but the, the biggest hurdles were just the, the, you know, the contracts and the approvals and all that kind of stuff because we'd submitted the game to Steam not long after our um, the XBLA release, so it was like early 2011. Oh, wow! And um, we figured, hey, we've got like an 88 Metacritic, and there's no no good pinball games on Steam, and um, you know, should be, should be pretty easy to, to to get the game approved. And um, but Steam rejected it, and they didn't say why. And they're just kind of like, we don't feel this is a good fit for the for the platform. Just generic response. And um, wow. Yeah, so we were like, oh. Anyway, I think it's just because there was there was one guy who handled all the approvals, and you know if it did, if it didn't uh, fit his personal taste, then he's like, nope. Um, and that's kind of why Greenlight came along because that system wasn't really very good. Yeah, I can imagine that's not yeah. working for anybody. Good lord. Yeah. Um, but Greenlight has its own problems, so. Sure. Yeah. I, I think just a um, you know a, a well-staffed and competent approvals department would be the best solution. Maybe with Greenlight as a uh, 
mechanism to catch those that slip through the cracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, we uh, we kind of did an end run around both of those by getting Microsoft as a publisher, so we didn't have to have that uh, the game approved by them uh, because Microsoft had their own special deal with with Valve or whatever. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the story of how the uh, the uh, well a short version, um, and then the, there was just the whole getting everyone on the same page. You know, it's not it wasn't obviously wasn't too high of a priority for Microsoft to get put a game on one of their competitors' platforms, and mm-hmm. sure. so um, we kind of had to push for that. And then, um, but you know, in, in terms of getting the game up and running and um, on Steam, it's pretty easy. Good to know. Um, but it is also well. Zen Pinball is out for iOS. Um, did you? What was the process like porting it to the tablet? Well, we'd actually um, put out um, pinball some pinball on the iOS App Store back when it first launched in two thousand seven, eight, somewhere around there. Okay. Um, there are a couple games called uh, Zen Pinball. Roller Coaster and Zen Pinball Inferno, uh, which we've since delisted because the the tables aren't up to our quality standards these days. Okay. Um, so we were familiar with the platform, um, and you know, eventually, it was we charged some ridiculous price per table. It was like five bucks for each of those, um, and then we kind of we didn't really do much with it after that. We just kind of let it sit on the app store and collect. You know, a few sales every day, and so you know our big, our bread and butter was kind of the console stuff. But eventually, you know, as that starts slowing down and mobile started picking up, um, we went back and like, oh yeah, we have to, we have to bring our games here. Should probably now. do something with these. <laughs> <laughs> Were there any yeah. inherent challenges to to using kind of a, a a touch mode of play? Well, it was more that the these tables were designed for uh, big screens and powerful hardware. Mm-hmm. And so bringing them to a phone screen, um, there's a, it's hard to see all the details, and you know the CPUs aren't weren't really up to handling our physics engine, um, and so it was it was pretty tough getting kind of downscaling everything to the you know the iPhone three and the um, iPad one and and those those uh, levels of the machines. We actually tried to do it for uh, Windows Phone seven, but they were just uh, um, the kind of baseline spec for those was so weak that we, after about a year and a half, we kind of just gave up and uh, abandoned that effort. Um, Any hope for now, Windows 8? The phone? Uh, yeah, we might bring it to Windows 8 eventually. I mean, there's not a whole lot of people with those um, with those devices, but... Um, yeah, you know, I, I know. I'm, I know <laughs> one other person, so... Uh. <laughs> I actually have one. I got, uh, I got hey, the no, 920 when it came out. Uh, uh, um, I, I just got the uh, 928. So, oh, nice. So, yeah. yeah. Way to one up our guest, Jonathan. Thank that's, you. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. <laughs> I actually, it's actually pretty much the same phone. Yeah. So, um, I missed my uh, Google navigation and uh, an app store that actually had all the apps I wanted on it. So I got the um, the Galaxy S4 mm-hmm. um, because. I, I use actually yeah I use the the navigation maps a lot especially like when I'm 
and uh, uh, you know traveling in other countries and stuff and the Nokia stuff just wasn't really cutting it. Sure. Um, but you know, I, I did like the. I mean, in terms of like the feel and the quality and the speed and um, a lot of the features of the Windows uh, Windows Phone Eight, um, it's pretty awesome. It was just a couple specific things I really missed um, that made me go back to the Android. Um, but yeah, um, we may we may put our um, a game out there eventually. It's not a high priority, obviously, but uh, you know, can't hurt. And it's not too hard to. It's uh, much easier to develop for than the um, the previous one. Right. I think, like the the Windows Phone Seven, we had to do, use uh, C Sharp, and all our stuff was in C plus plus. So just yeah, so just yeah. porting all all that stuff over for a you know three percent market share of, of phones was a, a pretty dubious proposition. With, uh, uh, with, with oh, Microsoft, just to, oh, keep going, keep going. Yeah, I wanted to add one more thing. Um, yeah, mobile hardware has actually been dramatically um, increasing in uh, terms of computing power, and so um, it's becoming a lot less of a challenge to to get our stuff running on phones and and, and tablets um, as, than it was uh, when we first started. Yeah, no cool. doubt. I mean, yeah. just I'm amazed at some of the stuff just the phones are able to do now. But that goes into the whole, you know, like, oh my God, remember when they were just bricks? <laughs> yeah. And you just try to make a call. Yeah, it, it is pretty amazing what these devices can do because, I mean, <clears throat> I, I work in a computer store uh, as my day, daytime job. And, you know, I'll have people come in and I'll look at their computer and I'm like, seriously, my, my phone is more powerful than your computer by a lot like what how do you still have this and it's just kind of mind-boggling that all that fits into a you know something that fits in your palm the palm of your hand it's nuts yeah i was watching uh, zoolander the other day and uh, uh yeah they have that gag where they have those tiny mobile phones <laughs> but uh you know the worms turned on that everyone has like these giant five inch screens yep. yeah and you're you're just saying all kinds of movies that I love, and if you do a Zoolander table, I will buy that one as well. So <laughs> they would just have to randomly turn to face you, and then the words "blue steel" would flash on the screen. <laughs> La Tigra. Yeah, La Tigra. Magnum. They'd have to anyway. license Will Ferrell. That'd be fantastic. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh man. What was the the theme of his the the fashion show he was doing? Um, oh, it was it was garbage stuff. I don't remember what it yeah, was called. Yeah, with a D. Uh, Derelict. Derelict. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I thought of that when I saw this. Um, there was this campaign that people were doing with um, by giving uh, Abercrombie and Fitch uh, clothes to homeless people. Uh, yes. Because Cause they wanted them only for pretty people. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so I, I I immediately thought of Derelict when I saw that. <laughs> Somewhere Will Ferrell's just laughing. Just <laughs> <laughs> playing his keyboard necktie. That's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure he kept. I would hope I so. I kept that. Yeah. <laughs> uh. um, so, you know, uh, you released it on phones, released it on Steam. Um, you have a partnership with Microsoft. Uh, what can we expect for uh, good old uh, The Zone the uh, the X-Bone, the Xbox One. Um, that, yeah. that wrapped, something's working, something's brewing? Um, yeah, we're, 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 I think, I'd have to say we're a little bit behind on it, so you shouldn't expect anything at, at 
from us at launch, but we're we're trying to jump through all the hoops to to uh, to get going on that. Cool. And uh, you know, I, I mentioned uh, wanting to do a sequel earlier, so that would. Yo, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, you know. That that would be the plan there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, and and Nintendo's really changed what this launch window period looks like. So you've got time. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so surprised they did that again after the you know they launched the 3ds without uh, any software like <laughs> randomly in the middle of April. It's like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Uh, you know, but with a, you know before developers had had the dev kits for long enough to produce a decent amount of stuff, and then they did it again with the Wii U, who's kind of baffling yeah. well at least they didn't pull a sega and were like hey this launches tomorrow my first job was working at sega in oh. the industry cool on dreamcast man nice. what'd you do for them um no, i was a game tester okay oh, okay so like um floygan brothers um alien front Fantasy Star Online. I recognize that one. Uh, um, baseball 2K2, Tennis 2K2. The baseball one actually led to my first real job, which was uh, as a designer on the uh, um, Sega's baseball games. Oh, awesome. But yeah, it was sad to see the Dreamcast die. But it was actually kind of cool because they had this... Um, kind of we're unloading our warehouses of crap we're not going to need anymore now that we're not a hardware company um, and gave them had this big sale uh, for Sega employees and so I picked up like um, about 25 copies of Saturn Bomberman and um, Shining Force 3 and uh, Panzer Dragoon and, like all these games go for like 100 bucks on eBay Mm-hmm. I think I made more money off that sale than I made in the entire year. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Very nice. All right. So at the end of these interviews, uh, I started doing something that was based off of uh, Inside the Actor Studio where James Lipton would end with a questionnaire. So this is what I call my lightning round. Um, it's six questions. Not scripted. Answer it best to your ability. I know you can do it. I believe in you. Here we go. Number one, what's your favorite video game protagonist? Um, protagonist. Protagonist. Good guy. Hero. Or anti-hero. You know, it, it's... The at symbol players. from NetHack. Ooh. Okay. All right. Who's your favorite antagonist? Um, the... Um, Ilrathi from Star Control 2. Nice, I like it. Ilrathi, yeah. All right. Favorite real-world pinball table? Twilight Zone. Nice. Yeah. Least favorite video game trope? Oh. Tutorials. Mm. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. If you had to do anything else, what other profession would you like to attempt? Um, rock musician. Okay. <laughs> Particular <laughs> instrument? Uh, guitar. Okay. Yeah, come on, man. Rock, that's I, all. That's I, it. I, I figured. I just, you know. 
Some people are like, I, I want to play bass, you know. Could be. Never know. Nobody yeah. wants to play bass. The person who plays bass is the that's person like... who didn't get chosen for lead guitar. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like being the producer or the designer in, yeah. uh, in video games. It's like, if you don't have any actual talent or skill, that's what you choose. Oh, man. <laughs> Somewhere somebody's just shaking their bass at you right now. That's <laughs> Finally, when everything's said and done, when you come to the gates of the Mushroom Kingdom... And Toad looks over the book of your deeds throughout your life. <laughs> uh, that will be well down on the list, my friend. There are many other other high priority <laughs> deeds that will take precedence. Nice. <laughs> That's it. You're done. You passed. Sweet. <laughs> what do I win? Uh, you can't go home. No. You don't. Uh. Do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> go make uh. a highlight table and put out my Cthulhu idea. Yeah, uh, Cthulhu, Steampunk, Highlander, yeah, and um, Zoolander, seen... if you Got can me. get on those, we're there. All right, uh, <laughs> Man, All right, Steampunk, uh... and I just... I... Daggers! <laughs> yeah, the, tes- the Tesla table is just kind of, like, almost sort of... It's a teaser. She the Steampunk teaser. Table. But, uh, yeah, we need to do a real table. one. Yeah, so... Please, for my sake, do steampunk tables. <laughs> All right, I'll spread the message. All right, uh, well, thank you so much for joining us, Neil. Uh, really enjoyed our chat. If you could go ahead and tell the listeners where they can get a hold of Zen Studios' various pinball games and on what French or what um, platforms. All right, well, you can find us as either Pinball Effects Two, Zen Pinball, Zen Pinball Two, Marvel Pinball, Star Wars Pinball, on the following platforms. Xbox Live Arcade, PS3 on PSN, Vita also on PSN, 3DS, Wii U, iOS, Android, Windows 8. I think I got them all. And and PC and on Steam. All right. Well, uh, that you heard it. Go play some pinball, and uh, if you want a free table, play the one on Windows 8. Uh, if you miss Space Cadet, it's pretty great. Uh, Thank you again, and uh, have a good night. All right, thanks for having me. Good night. Thanks, Neil, man. It's awesome.